Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 27 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for loving us into submission to you. Thank you for showing us more and more about you. Help us receive all we need to receive today, Father. And in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew chapter 27 has Jesus bound by the chief priests and elders and sent to the governor Pilate. Meanwhile, Judas has a crisis of conscience and brings the 30 pieces of silver back to the priests, saying he made a mistake. Then he took his own life. The priests couldn't take back the silver because it was tainted with blood. So they purchased a field to bury strangers in who died in their midst. A prophecy is fulfilled here from Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 and 13, which says, And I said to them, If it seems just and right to you, give me my wages, but if not, withhold them. So they weighed out for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Cast it to the potter as if he said to the dogs, a miserable sum at which I and my shepherd am priced by them. Pilate asked Jesus questions about his crimes, but Jesus has no answer for him. Pilate tried to free Jesus with the crowd's permission, but they refused. Pilate didn't believe there was a crime that was deserving of death. In fact, verse 18 says, for he knew that it was because of envy that they had handed him over to him. And there you have it. The chief priests and the elders were envious. This sin led to Jesus' painful death on the cross. Not that it didn't have to happen. This was all happening by God's plan to bring us into relationship with him as our sins are cleansed through the blood of his son. Pilate was unable to sway the crowd and released a criminal named Barabbas. This all occurred on the feast of the Passover, which was when a criminal was typically released. Instead of releasing an innocent man, the crowd demanded the release of a criminal. Jesus was beaten made fun of, whipped, stripped, and nailed to the cross. Darkness enveloped the land for three hours. When he died, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. And this was no small feat because the curtain was more of a wall than a curtain. It was about 60 feet tall and four inches thick, and it was torn in two without the aid of any man. God's power is shown through this situation and is also shown through the three-hour darkness the earthquake, and the tombs that were opened for the raising of the past saints who had died. God showed his power that day. He also showed us his love, allowing his son to die on our behalf, to cleanse us from our sins. There was a man named Joseph who God used to take care of his son's body. God had a plan even in this. Joseph was a silent believer in Christ. He didn't outwardly display his belief, or he would have been thrown out of the church. But God used this man even so, even in his silence, putting his earthly position higher than his spiritual and heavenly one. Joseph took Jesus' body, wrapped it in clean linen, and laid him in a new tomb, which he made for himself, but put Jesus in instead. Yes, God has a plan, even in this. Meanwhile, the chief priests and Pharisees went before Pilate to ask that guards be set before the tomb because they had heard Jesus was supposed to rise after three days. Pilate agreed and soldiers were placed at the tomb to guard it. Well, let's see what's happening in Acts chapter 27. 
Paul set sail to Rome as he requested to be appeal to Caesar. Initially, all was well with the voyage, but then the winds beat the ship to a place they didn't want to be. Paul warned them to stay, but they pushed on. A huge storm battered the ship about until all hope was gone. However, when all hope is gone, that's when God shows up. And he did for Paul here as well. He actually gave Paul this message that he was supposed to go to Rome and that he would do that unharmed. So Paul told the men on the ship they would be fine as well, which gave hope to the crew. They were working nonstop, however, 14 days without food to battle this storm. And Paul told them, please take something to eat. He took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it and ate, which almost sounds like how Jesus blessed the few loaves and fish which fed thousands. It also sounds like the sacrament of communion. God was definitely with them on this harrowing journey. All people on the ship made it safely to shore as Paul predicted they would if they followed his instructions. A lesson we can take away here is obedience. There were times these men could have died had they not followed Paul's instructions, which he received from God. The instructions were received and followed even though they were very counterintuitive. If we are obedient to the Lord, he will keep us in his care. Let us lean into him today. Exodus chapter 3 finds Moses shepherding his father-in-law's sheep. He just happens to lead them to Mount Sinai, where the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a burning bush. I love that God still introduced himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He also shows the power of his holiness as he tells Moses to proceed closer to him without being burned and without degrading his holiness. God teaches Moses how to be safe and protect himself, and he will do the same for us. He also tells Moses that he has seen the affliction of his people, the people he has called unto himself, and he wants Moses to go set his people free. Well, this seems like an impossible task in Moses' eyes, and isn't that the way it is with us as well? God gives us things we cannot possibly do, but with him all things are possible. In verse 15, God says, This shall you say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and by this name I am to be remembered to all generations. This is how God wants us to remember him. A teaching moment for me and maybe for you as well. This is the first time we see God promising Moses that his people shall be led to a land of milk and honey. God gives Moses the whole plan in this chapter. We will see how it plays out throughout the rest of the book. In chapter 4, Moses has a hard time believing the Israelites will believe him when he comes to them. So God gave him three miracles to do in front of the elders so they would believe in him. I'll let you read those for yourselves, but I do have one comment. I'm not sure I could have gotten through the first one. It's one thing to throw a stick down and see it become a snake. It's quite another to grab that snake by the tail. Even with the three miracles God gave Moses, Moses was afraid. He wasn't confident in his ability to speak in front of all these people. And don't we feel that as well? The number one fear people have overall is public speaking. So we can hardly judge Moses for his apprehension. After all, he was a simple shepherd and had been for 40 years. Why would he think the rest of his life would look any different than that? But it did, at least in God's eyes it did. And we see the power of God working through Moses 
will continue to see God working through Moses for a long time to come. Let us be willing when God tells us to move forward. We do not move forward through our own strength and power, but we move forward through his. Verse 14 says, God became angry, but even in his anger, he shows us his love and compassion as he grants Moses' request to send someone to speak for him, his brother Aaron. Also notice that God already knows Aaron is a good speaker. However, he chose Moses for his deliverance. Not only that, but God tells him that he will be like God to Aaron. God gives Moses favor, first with his brother, and then he will give him favor with all the Israelites. Then comes the bad news. God tells Moses that Pharaoh, Pharaoh's heart will be hardened, so he will not let the people go. And there's always bad news, isn't there? Hence, good news, bad news. God told Moses to tell him that the people were his son, his firstborn. God had not forgotten his promise to Abraham and was in the process of making good on that promise. He wanted his children back and was using Moses and Aaron to bring them back to him. God was faithful to his promise long ago, and he is faithful to his promises today. Now let's move on to one of my very favorite Psalms, Psalm 27. I've actually drawn two stars on either side of the words Psalm 27 because it is a highlight for me. We see King David's heart here in so many of the verses he wrote. We see his desire to sit in God's presence in verse four, which says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life, to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and the delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple, we see David's diligence in seeking God in verse 8 that says, You have said, seek my face, inquire for, and require my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, will I seek, inquire for, and require of necessity and on the authority of your word. Verse 13 is one of my favorites when David writes, What? What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? So powerful. Belief. Belief that we will see God's goodness here on earth is one of King David's primary beliefs. And as he believed, he experienced it. Let us believe for more of God's presence and goodness than we may already be experiencing. Lastly, in verse 14, King David writes, wait and hope for, and expect the Lord. Be brave and have good courage, and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for, and hope for, and expect the Lord. Sometimes I think he is writing to himself here, telling himself to wait, hope, and expect for the Lord. This is amazing self-talk if that's what is happening here. Either way, we can use his words for our benefit and meditate on this psalm for the rest of our lives to make the best of our lives. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us you are our teacher. Father, as you taught Moses and David, teach us today. Teach us more about you and more about how to be more like you. Help us receive from you today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. 
Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 